Well, welcome everybody. I think uh, people are getting tired apart from anything else, but uh, you're very welcome to be here. Um, I've changed just slightly what we were going to do at the beginning. So I'm hoping this is going to work. Um, but it will link, for those of you at the last session, it will help you to see Makaton used in a way that can be done amongst many other things. But then it will begin, hopefully give you an introduction why we are so keen that church is accessible to the whoever. So just to say, my name's Pete Windmill, I work for Count Everyone In, and... I'm Christine, I'm Pete's wife. We, we started Count Everyone In together, uh, getting on five and a half years ago, and the two of us, and also, Yaga is with us for a little while, but uh, because of trains and everything, she can't stay. Um, but you're going to see her in action in just a moment. But no, um, so we're, we're from Newbury, we can tell you more later. Yannicka comes from Portsmouth. And if you, don't, if you haven't heard already, also from the Netherlands originally, but she's been in the UK for longer than the Netherlands. Not quite, but not far off. <laughs> So I'm going to show you Psalm 23. I want us to use it not just to see what can be done, but actually as part of our preparation for what's to come. So think of it as a prayer. It is a prayer. But use it as you prepare to hear the rest of what we've got to share with you. Some of you have been on a journey since yesterday, and it's been a thrill to be part of that. But as an organisation, we are passionate that every church in England and Wales is a place where adults with learning disabilities can not only know the good news about Jesus, but they can know him for themselves and accept him for themselves in a way that is appropriate for them. We're very good in church of saying, unless you do this, this and this, then you can't be a friend of Jesus. Well, you know what? When you can't read and you can't write then that makes life very, very difficult for many people. And we're not just talking about those with learning disabilities. But when you have a heart to see the whoever know who, is, who Jesus is, that actually you don't want them to say just knowing who he is, but you want them to grow in him too. To be discipled. To go on to take their rightful place in the church of Jesus Christ so that they can build up and encourage the rest of us too. And so often, that's not what we do. End of judgment, all right? Have a listen, <laughs> have a watch. I'm sorry, having built that up, it's now not working, is it? <laughs> Technology, eh? Basically, if you know Psalm 23, as with many other Psalms as well, we've had the privilege of working with a company called Living Breath, and also Biblica, who are the charity who provide us with the NIV. But alongside the NIV, there is now the NIRV, which is the New International Reader's Version, where the language is more accessible. It's also produced the New Testament in a large print version, so that you can actually, and it is genuinely large print. And in that large print, on more people can read the Word of God for themselves. When you suddenly find that the Bible is right for you and you can understand it, 
then the words that you are watching be inside at the moment, and maybe, just in a second, we might get sound. For a few seconds. No pressure. <laughs> um, I'll have a go again in a minute, but let me just finish this bit. We are longing for the rest of the Bible to be in the same format. Because it is unlocking the Word of God for many others. And within that, we're finding that older people who suddenly couldn't, they stopped being able to read the Word of God, can because the words are large enough. When you then put, as this is the first time it's ever happened, and you can see this on our website, but also on uh, Biblicus and Living Breaths uh, website as well, you will find many of the Psalms that actually enable people not just to see, not just to hear, but to be able to see them signed as well. And so many people are going, wow! It's always there to help Ooh, us. Got Psalm 46, not 23. Yes. That's fine. Do you want me to go back? No, don't worry. The earth may fall apart. The mountains may fall into the middle of the sea. But we will not be afraid. The waters of the sea may roar and foam. The mountains may shake as the waters rise. But we will not be afraid. God's blessings are like a river. They fill the city of God with joy. That city is the holy place where the Most High God lives. Because God is there, the city will not fall. God will help it at the beginning of the day. Nations are in disorder. Kingdoms fall. God speaks and the people of the earth melt in fear. The Lord who rules over all is with us. The God of Jacob is like a fort to us. Come and see what the Lord has done. See the places he has destroyed on earth. He makes war stop from one end of the earth to the other. He breaks every bow. He snaps every spear. He burns every shield with fire. He says, be still. And know that I am I will be honoured among the nations. I will be honoured on the earth. The Lord who rules over all is with us. 
the God of Jacob, is like a fort to us. When you watch TV, Story. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a little extra, and I expect some of you who were in the uh, the workshop with Janneke just a little while ago will have recognised some of those signs. I hope you did. Mm. So the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? Peace and quite a few others. So I hope that gives you a flavour of how Makaton can be used. And we're not saying that it should be a performance because it's actually something which can be used in our worship and for those of you who weren't there um, in that workshop if we've actually triggered a little bit of interest um, there are some workshops coming up speak to us afterwards um, unless Janneke just wants to just tell us the date she's got coming up yep. 8th of October in Portsmouth 22nd of October in Reading 19th of November in Norwood so can, that's I, can I just uh, you said, I'm sure it was yesterday you said you know, at the end of the day if we make church accessible to the person who least finds it accessible, finds it the least accessible, then it's accessible to everyone. And I actually find that an awful lot more powerful than just the spoken word. An awful lot more. <laughs> Thank you. We'll pay you later. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally agree. Okay. Actually, well, I just want to say that. Sorry. Um, yes, please do. <laughs> She's not officially here. <laughs> um, I remember when I when lockdown happened, as many churches, we asked to also went online. I mean, live streamed, and I was asked to map on sign our worship. Um, so I had my little signers box at the bottom of my screen, and there was I doing the signing. Um, but there was something about the fact that we were in lockdown and I was on my own in my spare bedroom doing the filming to um, the audio that the worship team would send me and then sign it. And then seeing it on a Sunday, there was something so powerful about seeing every single worship song signed. And because it, it is different, it really makes you think about what is it that I'm singing. And I think the lockdown just made it even more emotional and more um, relevant, I think, just the fact that. Yes, I was doing it from my own spare bedroom, but we were reaching so many more people than we ever could have done when we were just doing it on in Sunday morning in church. Mm -hmm. And still now, when I sign on Sunday in church, I get people um, connect with worship, connect with what's being said in a way that is different from yes. just sitting and listening. Yeah. Yeah, and I have a limited Makaton. I have a good tutor. Very good tutor. And <laughs> Do we know her? <laughs> in our church in Newbury, we're part of the Anglican church there. Good friends with commission, but we're part of the Anglican church. And every now and then, I am asked if I will sign a song. Because I, I usually stand in the congregation and I'm signing anyway, because once you know a little bit, you can't help but join in. You've been warned. <laughs> but the other week, I was asked to sign a particular song. And I stood at the top of the steps uh, so as many people as possible could see, but it's a big church. And later, people were, I could see that people were trying to move to see where, what I was doing and to join in. 
Someone suggested that because we've got a great big pulpit that only gets yeah. used. Yeah. 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 use it at Christmas time. Yeah. So they said, shouldn't you go up there? We thought, well, the, the preacher doesn't, but <laughs> the signer could. So it really does interest people. And as a result of that, we've got a, a, a young man of 17 in our congregation who signed up to go to one of these uh, Makaton workshops that Yannicka's running. And we're really thrilled. And our children's work, they've realised that there are some children who are non-verbal. And there again, someone signed up to go on the workshop because they can use it with the children and it enhances worship. It's not just about using our minds and our voices, it's about using our whole bodies, isn't it? Yeah, you've trained us well, haven't you? No, no. Yeah. That, no. I'm going to leave you to it. Let's see if I can get to train. Safe travels, Jennifer. Thank you. See you soon. Well, with that in mind, we often get asked to lead prayers in the church as well. And we decided the Lord's Prayer, some of you have just done the Makaton uh, uh, workshop just now, have learned a little bit of how to do the Lord's Prayer. And the, 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 the word, the signing is quite powerful in itself. The power and the glory. And I can remember we, we decided we would use the Makaton to do the Lord's Prayer. And we said, well, we do it once. You can watch and join in. And it got to the point where we were coming to the power and the glory. And I just went, come on, guys, give it some welly. <laughs> and smiles came across the congregation. Not just because they were being shaken out of, we're just saying the Lord's Prayer. But you know what? We mean this. Come, Lord. We want to see your power and your glory. And because of your power and your glory, that's what happened. But look, we're running out of time already. Can you believe that? This is a quote. I don't know who this guy is, but I was reading a book just recently. And it says... Scripture calls us to recognise that every, everyone we're ever going to meet is made in the image of God. And that means they're glorious. That's to be our first response, to see the glory of the person. We spoke in the first session yesterday about being fearfully and wonderfully made. How do you look at people around you? How do I look at people around us? I was in lay leadership in a, a, an evangelical independent church for some years. And I used to say, guys, come on. The people out there aren't aliens. They are also created in the image of God. We need to honour them and respect them. But boy, do they still need to know Jesus. How do we see people as people who are unreached? Or people that can know the glory of God for themselves. Okay, so having gone totally off piece for the first quarter of an hour, we will now go back to what we had originally planned. And I think I recognise most faces here. You've been in one or uh, or more of the of the three sessions that we will have run. And if you haven't, we hope you'll catch up pretty soon because each session has been different. We talked yesterday about how we can start thinking about making our churches more accessible for, yes, everyone. But thinking particularly about people with learning disabilities 
It's adults who we work with, and yet we're aware that obviously there are loads and loads of children with additional needs, with learning difficulties, so we wouldn't want them to be, be missed out. But we are focusing on the, on the adults. So we're thinking about church yesterday as we did, that was particularly perhaps our main services and the kind of things we can do, how we can simplify the language that we use, how we can remember that people have shorter attention spans. In fact, people's attention spans are shorter now, apparently, than they used to be you know, 20 years ago. It's, we have such a fast-moving culture that um, it's affected everyone, apparently. Covid hasn't helped either. No. So there are all sorts of things that we can do in our main church services, but church is more than Sundays, isn't it? So would you like to just throw out some things which you, which are church for you? What things you do in your church that are outside of the normal Sunday meeting? Home group. Home group. Thank you. Youth clubs. Youth clubs. This could be regular things, it could be once a year. Mums and tots. Yes. Mums and tots, yes. What else do you do? Coffee mornings. Coffee mornings, brilliant. Alpha adults with additional needs. Alpha adults with additional needs, yes. Student group. Brilliant, student group. Kids club. Kids clubs, yes. Curry night. Curry? Is that a men's curry night or an everyone curry night? Uh, they do men's one and the ladies' version yeah, as well and yeah. walks. And In our church we, we do women's breakfast which are very nice and genteel and then the men have the full works when oh, they yeah, have... Well we complained and got that changed. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Someone get genteel breakfast now. <laughs> no, we all have a big one. <laughs> what about the, the church barbecue or the home group barbecue? Mm-hmm. Yeah, important? Mm-hmm. Fun days. You've got to have your fun. Camping trips. Camping trips, yes. Or church weekends. Yes. Homeless foods. Homeless foods. Okay, so really, it's not just about Sunday mornings, is it? There's an awful lot more. I was just thinking about something which did about uh, student groups. I won't say which Christian festival, it's great. But we get the privilege of going around them all. Most and we run streams alongside, um, as count everyone in, picking up on the theme of all that's going on around the site. And I, I believe me, that's no small challenge. Especially you want to break it down and make it accessible for whoever comes through the door. But quite often I would also do a seminar, just an hour long, just to share some of the thoughts that we have about what the Bible says, and you've heard some of those little bits coming out over these two days. And I was suddenly absolutely amazed, this seminar this year, where there was row upon row upon row. There were about 35 people whose average age was a lot less, a less than half of ours. Right. <laughs> Not difficult, I know. <laughs> But I was, you could tell they were there because they really, really wanted to know. Mm-hmm. And we engaged through the seminar and we said at the end of it, look, why don't if you want, come along to our sessions for the guys with learning disabilities tomorrow morning. Come and actually see it, taste it, feel it. And they all turned up. Well, not all 35, but a lot of them anyway. And it was like, whoa. 
And some of them came up to me afterwards and said, we know that you say that what you do is for learning disability and those who may have autism as well. What we didn't realise was how much it would speak to us. Mm. Yeah. Some of them autistic, highly intelligent, who most of the seminars that they had been to and Bible studies had gone straight over their heads because they just couldn't take it all in. Or there was the, the young person who was really touched by the fact that we had heard of the syndrome that their sibling had mm. and that we cared enough to know of, of that. And we don't know the details. We're not experts. We're not medics or um, social workers. Or but we young wanted careers. them to know who Jesus was as mm. well. Yeah. I think we'd better move on, Pete. Um, so we've talked... Yeah. <laughs> competition between us two. It's your turn still. I know. So we've said church is more than Sundays, but our challenge is to think about how people with learning disabilities uh, can be not just allowed to come to these other activities, but how they can be really helpful, appropriate, enjoyable, without dumbing things down for everyone else. And it can be a challenge. Thinking about church weekends, for instance, we had a, a guy from our church, we, we mentioned him, I think, yesterday, if you, you might remember, uh, a guy who doesn't read, who thought that he couldn't be a proper Christian because he can't read the Bible. He was on the church weekend, and he couldn't find his way around this conference center. He would keep being lost, getting lost, and we didn't know he couldn't tell the time. So what about getting up in the morning? You've got to re recognise people's um, rights for privacy. You don't just charge into their room. He's entitled to be in his room for as long as he wishes. And we don't want to compromise his dignity. Actually, the sad thing is we didn't actually find out that he couldn't tell the time. Until, until quite recently. A few weeks ago. So when he said, oh, I'm not sure, will you come and knock on my door for me? That was why. Mm -hmm. because he didn't want to say, I don't know what that time is. So now we draw faces at clocks. And but even that doesn't help. Still, he struggles. So we've got to recognise that people have learned coping mechanisms so that they appear to be, dare I say, normal, mm. able to cope with life as as most of us cope but don't we all actually have our areas where we feel a little bit less confident mm. but most of us can put on some sort of charade so that it's okay but there's going to be a men's weekend so what have you done Pete? Well, the guy who's leading the men's weekend sat down with me one evening and we began to think about not just about him but others that we're aware of around the church the men who will struggle with being out of their normal parameters of life well, they know where they're going, they know what they're doing. But they want to be there because they want to be part of what's happening and why shouldn't they be? Mm. So we sat and talked about, well, what, what do we put together to help them to know what they're going to need to bring? Like your pyjamas. Uh, yes. <laughs> like how you take your medication when you're on your own. The guy's pyjamas had been forgotten because apparently someone had done the packing for and him. And left them out. Oh. That doesn't so help your dignity, does it? People, what do I do? 
just sleep in your underwear. What? <laughs> but they're things that we wouldn't necessarily think about. We need to, with integrity and respect, step in those shoes. Not to dictate, he's an adult. Yeah, he has capacity but to make his own decisions. So that he can be, get the very best out of the weekend like the rest of us do. And so I was sent an email that had been uh, put together, having had this chat, that will go to the home, and they've already talked to the home, <clears throat> so that they know exactly what to do to help him so that he will make the most out of the weekend. The home was surprised. Nobody's ever done that before. So that's just one, one area, but thinking about things like coffee mornings were mentioned, yes. social things. On the whole, guys with learning disabilities, if there is food, they will be there. <laughs> so you might, you might want to think that's about actually making it manageable that people don't necessarily know when to say no, how much is appropriate. We have been to... Um, oh yes, I can imagine. I can just remember now, um, an event that happens every three or four months for adults with learning disabilities from different churches. They get together, and at the end they have food, oh, and the plates. They go to the buffet, and they're piled high. Now, I like my food. I struggle with my weight, but I do something about it. We. It's, it's not that we can stop people from having stuff, but we can make it easier for them not to automatically take loads. Now, that's just an idea about how we need to think about the events that we, we run in our churches. Let's not exclude people, but make it, make it good for everyone. So in the time that we've got, we can't share much. But we just want to help you to think through, because... If a person is happy when they're with us, when they're being helped to be part of everything, then they're going to learn more about Jesus too because they're not being hindered by the things that are so different. And so we need, we, we need to move on to look at what models might we use in our churches in general. You see, there are models that we could use that are segregated. Segregation. I'm, I'm, I've got words up there I can't say again, haven't I? <laughs> Segregation. We could say, oh, well, that's all right. We'll have a group over there. That'll be all right. They're out of the way, aren't they? And then you, you're teaching them about Jesus. That's okay. And believe me, I hear that and hear it a lot. And that, for me, makes me want to weep. Because these are still people that are created in the image of God, who need to have a relationship with him and with each other and with us, not them and us. And forgive us, that's something that we quite often come back to. It's not about them and us. It's about us together. Yeah, but it's a bit like saying, OK, there's a group of students over here. Let them meet over there. That's fine. Um, they don't need to be involved in the rest of the church, do they? But what is our desire overall? We want to be the body of Christ together. Mm. The body of Christ is beautiful. And it needs to have all the different facets working together. Mm. Worshipping together. Well, there might be segregation. So that there are different groupings for everybody you never meet. Or 
you might end up with a place that it's accessible. What we don't in, uh, try and uh, get people to think is that, oh, just count everyone and all they're interested in is a little group over there for the guys with learned to speak. No, it's not either or, it's both. How can we draw people into the body of Christ? But how can we, perhaps through a smaller group, begin to nurture people in a way that, because there are smaller numbers, it's actually easier to help them. I can give you two examples of two churches where one has gone incredibly well and the other has been a struggle. seemingly a disaster. There's a church, and I won't tell you where it is, that is 95% made up of adults with learning disabilities. Didn't start out that way. It was a church where they, as a church, wanted to embrace the fact that there were many homes around the church with adults with learning disabilities. And so they began to learn and grow and understand how could they reach them. This is over 20 years ago. It was so successful that many of those who didn't have a learning disability went to the leadership and said, they go or we go. At that point, it wasn't the 95%. It was probably 50-50 you know, yeah. or whatever. Sadly, although I agree with the leadership, did I say that? Turn the spec. I do agree with them. It ended up with those that were seemingly able left. And over this 20 plus years, that group has grown and been nurtured. Amongst the guys with learned disabilities, you can see those who've definitely got the gift of pastorship. And they look out for each other, they pray for each other. You've got the carers who come along, and some of them are pushing enormous wheelchairs, not necessarily electric ones, for a mile or more to get their client to church for a Sunday morning. And the relationship that the able people, the leaders, have um, built up with those carers is just something to behold. They, will, they don't exclude them. They, they talk, they value them, they communicate, and the carers are glad to come. And that's, I think, why they're prepared to walk for Ooh. a hard a mile or so with a, um, a wheelchair like that. Is that, is that a failure? No, actually the church is growing. And the church is, is fulfilling its mission yeah. to reach the lost. Tell you another church, though, where they began to realise, as a body, there were more and more guys with learning disabilities as adults coming into the church. But actually, strangely, there were many more families with kids with learning disabilities who began to come along to the church because they felt safe. And so the church began to grow. And you know how in many churches during the service, the, um, the children will go out to another room for their Sunday school. But this group began to get bigger and bigger and bigger of those that were going out of the main service. And the body of the church said, this isn't right. There's a few of us less than our worship area, outnumbered by the hundreds, seemingly not hundreds, but loads who were going out. We need to turn this around. 
It should be us going out. <coughs> and they get the space and the comfort and everything else. And there was those that suddenly went, nah, we should be together. And the whole church services have begun to change as they're not pushing people off into different rooms. They've actually found a way of embracing everybody. Now you might say to me, well Pete, you don't understand, we have 50 minute sermons and in our church if we don't get a 50 minute sermon then, well we think there's something wrong. They have 10 minute slots in their services. And people are coming back and being blessed more and more as they are still growing in Christ. I got invited to go and speak in a church that was where one of my previous um, CEOs worshipped. And he often used to hear me talking about a church that is accessible for adults with learning disabilities is accessible to everyone. He said, Pete, when you come, you need to understand that my church is quite conservative. It's very Baptist. (laughs) And he said, even the children don't get a smile when they're doing anything at the front. So the service was an ability service, an all-ability service. And most of the guys that were involved in the church, in the small group there, took the service. And then I stand up to preach to everyone. And when I finished preaching, everyone started applauding. And I'm thinking, oops, I'm in trouble. got outside afterwards and my ex-CEO came up and he said, Pete, how did you do that? And I just went, what? (laughs) Fibber. And he said, I've never seen them do that, even with the Sunday school do stuff. And he said, you often said to me that if you could help the church to become accessible to all, to those with learning disabilities, you'd make it accessible to all, and I didn't believe you. This morning, you proved me wrong. Now, I don't say that in any way. This is God, and if you know my story, I know there's a guy at the back who does know a bit of it, because we shared earlier. I didn't want this job. It freaked me out. But one of the things I ask God for, I need gifts. I can't do this on my own. I need to understand it here and understand it here. But if we have a heart, that church, by the way, does have a small group that goes out, just like most of our churches will, to disciple and grow people. And so I think the thrust of where we're going here is the fact that church needs to be a place where we do look at the needs of everybody, but we also do it together. I'll give you time to have a look at this. It's a bit difficult because of all the words and everything. But there are some steps. It starts with the person on the left who's in a wheelchair. There are steps and there's a lot of snow on the steps. They need clearing so that people can get into the building. And the person in the wheelchair says, could you please clear the steps? And all the other kids are waiting, says the guy who's clearing the steps, to use the stairs. When I get through clearing them, then I'll clear the ramp for you. 
to which the person in the wheelchair sits. But if you clear the ramp, we can all get in. Sink in for a minute. So often we don't do things because we get lost on the fact that, yeah, but if I do this for you, then the kids, the rest of them, can't get in. But actually, if we clear the ramp from the steps, then everyone <coughs> can get in. I see churches who say to me, no, we don't actually have a ramp to get in the front door at our church. But it's okay, those in wheelchairs can go around the back of the church, past all the refuse bins, and use the door at the back. And I said, well, why not make that the front door? <laughs> and they've gone, oh, we couldn't possibly do that because everybody would have to go past the bins. <laughs> well, move the bins then. We need to think about everybody. And when you have people with a learning disability who can't read and can't speak, we need to think outside of the box. So, of course, we are just using the ramp and the path in as an example. That's just one of the many areas that we touched on yesterday anyway. Um, but let's go on to think about small groups. That was one of the things that you mentioned as being something that is an important part of church for, for most of us, probably. What are the Benefits. What are the things that you can do in small groups that may be different from the things that you would do in main church? Again, I'm throwing this out to you. Pray for each other. Like, once Prayer, more. yes, yes. It can be more personal and appropriate for individuals. Discuss things. <clears throat> Bible studies, discussions, yes. Get to know each other better because you're a small group. Glad you said that one. <coughs> Anything. Using a Bible with clearer wording. Sorry? Using a Bible with clearer wording. So when you are sharing scripture, it's not long, difficult words. Right, so you, f you find something that's appropriate for the group. Yeah. Yes. Careful not to be childlike, just clearer. Thank you. J just to re-advertise the NIRV accessible edition, the New International, it has adult drawings in it. Mm. And that's deliberate, mm. so it's not a children's Bible. While we're talking about that, can I just say, in a small group setting, whether or not you've got people with learning disabilities, a little warning that we learnt from experience, not everyone likes to read out loud. Mm. They may be perfectly capable of doing so, but for whatever reason may prefer not to. So... Please don't say. And we're going to read round, and if you don't want to read, just nudge yeah, the next person. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. we've taken to doing <coughs> in our group is, and it's a little bit random, I have to say, is, right, that psalm we had, for instance, Psalm 46. Would someone like to start and read a few verses, and then you stop and someone else will take over? Let it be that those who want to take part do so. <coughs> and no one, no one is made to feel like a failure or different in any way. So, sorry for that little bit, but that's something we'd learnt and felt it best mm. to share. Uh, anything else from a small group that you wouldn't do in a big group? Eat around a table. 
Mm. Eat together. Eat together, eat together yes. <coughs> okay, so th we've got a lot of things there. But before we go any further, let me just give you some statistics that we looked at a little bit earlier today. I'm just sort of digressing from that for a moment, so hold where we are. But did you know that statistically there are four or possibly five people with learning disabilities in every hundred people in this country? Okay, quick calculations in your heads. Your church, your Sunday morning congregation, roughly how many people? You don't have to shout the figures out. Maybe you've got 50. Have you got a couple of people <coughs> with learning disabilities? You've got 100, you've got 200. You know, just multiply it out. Are the people with learning disabilities in our churches? And actually, you can start putting that equation into how many people are hearing loss, how many people are visually impaired, how many, forgive me, who are black or white, how many are from a, a, a totally different country from our own. And um, when you look at the statistics around the country, you begin to see that our churches are lacking in the who we are reaching for Jesus. But to go back to the small group, well, to go back to the church, first of all, we've already made the point uh, previously that God gives gifts to all people. He actually gives gifts of leadership to... He, he's, he doesn't just give them to certain groups of people. There are people with learning disabilities who have gifts of leadership and other public-type gifts, as well as the serving gifts. Are we encouraging people in our churches to use their gifts, whoever they are? Okay, might need a bit more support, like our trustee who has a learning disability. She needs a lot of support, but she is there because of the gifting that she has, not just as a token person with a learning disability. So having thought about your Sunday congregation, in your small groups, in our small group, do we have people with learning disabilities? Need a bit more support? Might change the nature of the group? It's worth thinking about, but let's just come on now to think about having a group, a life group, cell group, home group, whatever you want to call it, for people with learning disabilities. Ours is called Meet Monday. Guess when we meet? Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know, I, we get asked, I get asked, so wh when's Meet Monday happening? <laughs> whatever we uh, do. It, it would help us if it was on another night on yes. Monday. I'd Monday is our day good. off from Count Everyone In, but because Meet Monday is our ministry of the church, for, for our own church, somehow that is on our day off. We only do it once a month, but we have a, a team leaders planning meeting once a month as well. So that's two Monday evenings out. Um, remind me to make all the phone calls to everyone tomorrow, because unlike other church meetings, you need to remind people that next Monday we've got Meet Monday. You phone the care homes. Can you make sure you've got transport arranged, you've got staff arranged? These are just some of the practicalities. But Meet Monday and other similar groups, they can really enrich the church. And 
somehow getting back to the simplicity, not the childishness, the simplicity of faith that can be expressed and shared with people with learning disabilities in our churches can refresh everyone and they become richer places as a result. So, it's also an easier place for them to develop their gifts. I mean, that's true for all of us. Mm. But to be able to recognise what they can do or not do, mm. to be able to help them and support them and encourage them in those things. So we have one guy in our group who his speech is very difficult to understand. But gradually we've begun to understand some of that speech and understand that language, if you like. But he suddenly said, I'm desperate for a job. Please pray for a job for me. And he'd been in a job, but because of COVID, they'd actually furloughed him and they didn't take him back afterwards. But we had an email just the other day. Prayers are answered. He's got his first next job as a volunteer but in the Salvation Army new shop that's setting up in Newbury. That's the Please thing. tell the team. Mm. So we've emailed everybody to say, when you see it, rejoice. Anyway, the things that you can do in a small group with adults with learning disabilities, remembering that the things that we do will be just short chunks. It's, it's a technical term called chunking up. <laughs> yes, we made it up, you're quite right. But, Honestly, it works in other church meetings too because you keep people's attention and we try and have one point in our teaching, one point that we will approach from different angles. It'll be perhaps the theme within our sung worship. It'll be um, looked at through maybe drama, if there's a Bible story that teaches that particular point. And think about... Um, what, what about... Um, the parable of, um, of the prodigal son, for instance. God accepts us and forgives us when we come back to him as our father. And you can do wonderful dramas, I tell you, you really can. Great fun. Minimal costume. No preparation because you use the text or a simple version of the text. Uh, read that out and have, the, have your team supporting people to, to be the, uh, the characters in the story. And people learn because they are doing, they're not just hearing. And then craft afterwards, art and craft. Some people will say, oh, that's for children. If you offer choice, then most people will uh, engage in some way. But we've got to remember, we are talking about adults, not children. So we want to make sure that we are treating people with respect and giving choice. So. It's a place for discipleship, for helping people to grow in their faith. Pete was saying, we don't just want people to come to know Jesus, but to grow and become um, mature Christians. It's a place for fellowship, because people can get to know each other, can get to know each other's needs, what they're going through in life. And then someone mentioned prayer. Yes, we can pray specifically for those needs and actually encourage anyone who will, to open their mouth in prayer. Or there are different ways for people who perhaps are non-verbal. We go into a lot of this in our, in our training days, but just to give you an, an example, if you have people who are non-verbal, you can perhaps have a, a lit candle, or an electronic one, doesn't have to be a proper one, and hold it in front of them, 
uh, going around a circle, and that's the time for them to either say their prayer, or someone who's with them, or a member of the team, will know what's going on in their life because they've spent time getting to know them. And then everyone says, Amen. Back at all sides. Don't forget, it's Amen. But also, it's a these small groups are a place for friendship. People with learning disabilities are used to those who are paid to do things for them and with them. Friendship by choice is something that they find hard to get their heads around. But we, we don't get paid. You don't get paid? No, don't get paid. We're doing this because we love God and we love you. And it's also a place where people's preferences can be made known. Not everyone has to do the same thing. And we can, we can help people to use their preferences, like the fact they might like doing art. Although we have someone who does um, beautiful, is that the diamond artwork? The one. And bring along what you have done. Show us what you like doing. We'll thank God together for you and for what you do. But we can also explore some of the difficult issues, uh, the different, difficult teaching of church. Things like, what is communion? What is baptism? In a way that you can't with the whole church, and maybe in our mainstream home groups, small groups, uh, there are assumptions made, whereas we start with the basics and help people to move on from there. And it may take a long time till they really understand, but that's fine. We're not in a rush. But our meetings, we will make sure that we finish on time. So Pete, do you want to say a bit about how you start a, a, a group? Because there may be people here well, who would be interested in, in doing that. And again, we would cover it more in our full day course. It will be very different for different people. But here's a scenario. Somebody comes on the phone to us and says, Pete, Christine, we have a number of guys with learning disabilities that are coming along to our church now. We've realised that actually we're not helping them to grow in Jesus. Now, they don't quite use these terms, but basically what they're saying. And some have got amazing um, groups for them to have fun but they'll realise that they don't want them to have just have fun. They would like them to know Jesus. And so we will begin a dialogue with them. We have resources that can help groups in beginning to look at what they might do. Not surprisingly, we encourage them to start praying. It's amazing how many people haven't, actually. <laughs> to, uh, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> But to pray and, and to begin to, from the front of the church, to say to the congregation, look, some of us are beginning to realise that we need to do something here. Will you, will you come and join me? We just want to pray about this to begin with. How do we make this happen? And so they begin to fire into flame, if you like, that little kindle of flame that's beginning to say to them, we want to do something. And, and very early on, the church leadership really need to be... They have um, to be involved. They, it needs to be owned by the church as a whole and therefore needs to have the blessing 
and support. It needs to be the ministry the of the local church, not, oh, I believe so-and-so is doing something about that over there. Then quite often, after a little while of discussion and questions will be coming backwards and forwards about safeguarding, about all sorts of things, rightly so, linked in with this and must be looked at. Not just looked at, but actioned on. Well, how do we deal with this? Well, come on one of our training days. And people say, well, there's none near us. Well, come host one then. <laughs> Been to your church and hosted one, haven't we? <coughs> And we have known Grow One, which begins in much, much more detail, believe me, than what we've looked at over these last two days. So we're going down to Tynmouth, on, starting on uh, 10 o'clock Saturday morning, we'll be there all day. And we've got others coming up in East London, uh, Nottingham. You know, we, we go where we're asked, but it takes a few months to organise because of uh, our calendars and getting people on board who want to come. Mm. So through that day, we'll begin to look at theory, but also practically, how do you do things as well? So it really is a day when we can do much more hands-on and get people doing a part of it. Thank you, that would be easier, wouldn't it? And some of you already have so this cream leaf. So do leaflet. pick up one of these if you haven't done already. Uh, but we will look at in more detail than we did yesterday. What does it mean to be human? What does the Bible say about who we are? Learning disability, what and why? Looking at the obstacles in a church to being in, uh, engaged with people in a way that might cause difficulties. Looking at communication, and we do touch on a little bit of Makaton, um, just a, a short piece, just to whet people's appetite as to what might be. We go through much more about setting up a group, the things to put into place and why. And then we look at planning a meeting. What does that actually look like? What does this chunking up that you've talked about really mean? How do we put that into reality? Looking at music and worship and signing and symbols and Bible teaching. How do we do that so that people grow in faith? And then after about six months to a year, they might have us back to do another one where we begin to look at a whole range of things like sexuality, relationships, I remember a pilot we did of that second training day. And a father with a, a lovely daughter with, with uh, Down syndrome. We know her well. And she's in her 30s now. Mm. And he came up to me at the end of the pilot. And he was there at the very first one. And tears just rolling down his face. And he said, Pete, thank you so much that at last you'll get in the church to talk about the things that... We know our daughter would so love to have a relationship with a guy. But it's taboo. Nobody will talk about it. We're saying, well, let's talk about it. This is real. If they are created in the image of God, all these people that are out there, they're not out there, they're in here as well, then we need to think about these things and how do we support them? Not just judge what might be or not be. Mm -hmm. I'm aware of time. Could I just wrap mm. this up? Yep. There are other things that we touch on, but we're not here in that sense to <laughs> sell you our training, but at the same time, we, we strongly believe that there should be, as you would have realised, people with learning disabilities in our churches. If they're not already there, then maybe it's something to think about. 
and if, if you are going to invite people with learning disabilities in to make sure that there is some particular provision, like having a group where they are particularly welcomed, as well as in the context of the whole church. Contact social services. Talk to people in your congregation who may have family members that you don't know about. Family members who perhaps, because of the way history has gone, they feel a little bit ashamed of that they have relatives with learning disabilities. You also have probably got quite a lot of people in our experience who have either taught or been care workers um, or involved in some way with children or adults with learning disabilities. And don't forget, children grow up and therefore they may have been involved with them as children and then still be bumping into them in the shops around you. And also, I try and remember when I go shopping in the supermarket to have some leaflets with me because very often, no, that's not true. Occasionally, let's not exaggerate, there are people going shopping with their carers, people with learning disabilities. How good it is to show that the church cares and wants those people to be welcome in our churches. But don't have many words on the, the leaflets. Mm-hmm. Pictures are good. And then make contact with the managers of care homes or there may be elderly parents with adult children and these people are part of the world that Jesus died for so let's do our best to reach out in love and care for them so that they can know and love Jesus some of you have seen this slide before um, been very clever, I've put a QR code together for the first time ever, um, but that would take you straight to our website. There's a sign-up sheet over there, please, if you'd like more information, we do a monthly newsletter, then take that. There are sheets here about our training, also things to think about in every church service, and also some details that might help you in just beginning to think through whether this is right for you. But here is a plea. Every time that you as a group of churches come together in your big summer celebration, we've been there over the last number of years. Until Still COVID, COVID about, was it four or five times yeah. we have uh, run really appreciate for learning that. disabilities. And we're really privileged to be there because we're not part of commission. We love being there, but you guys ought to be really running it yourselves. <laughs> And we would love you. Take it. Are we giving it away? All right. In one sense, we don't want to because we love being there, but we've got to. We because can't the, keep at the pace that we are doing. We're not walking away from you. We'll, we'll be, be there, there for to 2023. <laughs> but if any of you would like to be considered to be part of teams, or you know people in your churches, we would want to train you and equip you to be able to do that. But let's. Make this a commission family thing. And it is fun, honestly. Oh, we have some fun. But God bless you in all that you're seeking to do. Thank you for being here today. If you've got any questions, we will hang around for a few minutes, but I'm aware that it's gone five, so we must let you go.